Abundance of love, abundance of grace. Now to that cross, you took my place. Oh God, you paid my ransom. My ransom. Abundant Life Christian Fellowship Church. Loving God, loving people. Now, here's Pastor Scott. I'm going to read a verse of scripture in your hearing today, then I'm going to pray. Uh, listen to what the word says in Proverbs 31:30. Charm is deceptive, and beauty does not last. But a woman who fears the Lord will be greatly praised. I want to speak to you today from a familiar topic this time of year. Happy. Mother's Day. Pray with me. God, thank you for your book. Thank you for your spirit, God. And today, I pray that you'd be our teacher from your spirit, God, by your spirit from your word, God. I pray that you would give us ears to hear what you have to say. Lord, I pray that you'd strengthen my hurting body and give me an anointing to say things that would honor you today. In Jesus' name, amen. I have been going through a difficult week physically if I just fall out and collapse from the pain, y'all dance around, celebrate, and shout hallelujah. And, and we just act like it's, it's, it's a miracle that I'm getting some sleep up here. Amen? Uh, on a serious note, I want you to get something today. Say, get something. It's so amazing that in any church service, no matter who's preaching, there are people sitting in the same room hearing the same voice but getting something different from it. I love people who get something from the preached Word of God because I understand it's never on the skill of the orator, it's on the willingness of the receiver. I understand that you can sit th through this service today and leave not being touched by God, or if you choose to, to open up your heart and ask God to have His way in your life for this time right now and to speak to you, I believe that He will. Did anybody believe that with me this morning? We're going to talk about something this morning that we all have in common. See, we all come from different backgrounds. Uh, we all come in different shapes and sizes, but one thing we all have in common is mothers. Now, some of y'all, now, if you were test tube baby, listen, you still had a mother uh, some, somewhere, but uh, most of us uh, grew up know, knowing our mom. Most of us grew up uh, in, in a home with our mom, but even if you didn't, you have a mother that brought you into this earth. Whether you're from the north, south, East or West, the Bible says that you were born of a woman. Can you be thankful this morning for your mom? Amen. Listen, motherhood is a difficult thing, and motherhood can be a difficult topic. And here's what I know. I know there are people in this room, even though you've heard me preach about mothers before, there are people in this room that are yet and still uh, disconnected from their own mother. And I want you to hear this message today because God wants us to do better. Look at somebody and say, do better. You got to know better to do better. So let, let's, let's think about uh, what God would have us to think about this morning. First and foremost, I want to tell you uh, that I'm blessed to have my mother still alive. At, at my age, at, at 55, I'll be six, 56 this summer. Uh, that is fantastic for me. I thank God. Uh, I spent time on the phone yesterday with my mom. And I, not only is my mom still alive, but my mom is saved and loves the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's the greatest news that uh, she can give to me. Um, and so here, here's what I want you to do. Listen, I personally, uh, I got my own theory uh, about uh, gift giving, uh, mandated gift giving, uh, whether you're a big gift giver or a little gift giver, whether you do like me and just give gifts all year long, um, I, whether, whether you send mom flowers or not this, this week, I heard somebody say, I was doing some research this week, do you know that 67% of Americans sent their mother flowers on Mother's Day? Now, so here's the thing. If your kids didn't send you flowers, you need to slap them. I'm just kidding. I, see, I, that's, that's not what comes into my mind. What comes into my mind is, boy, these floors are getting over like roving. That'll jack the price up nine times. We got too many people fanning. It, it's got to be hot in here. Y'all fix that. It's great. Hey, well, I can't stop people from fanning, no matter how many times I tell them. So uh, here, here's the thing. That's right. Tuck your, tuck your arms in. Um, 
Either that, I mean, I know you ain't never going to get fat like me, but if you put on an extra 75 pounds, you'll never be cold. Um, wear a short sleeve shirt and what? Bring a jacket. Bring a blanket. You know, bring a quilt. Do whatever you got to do. Um, and, and, and thank God for bought air. Amen? Whether, you, whether you're cold or hot. Y'all made me lose my point. Ah. Them florists, man, I'm going to tell you what. I, hey, I, if I could open a florist uh, for one week and then shut it down and keep all the money, it had been this week. But whether you do flowers, whatever you do, listen, here's what I know. Gifts are okay, but talking is better. Talk to your mom today. If you still have a mom on this earth, I want you to show her some love some kind of way. We're going to look at some reasons why. But before we get into the word this morning, it's our tradition to play this video. Number one, because it's just funny and people need to laugh more. People come to church and they like they've got a stick up their back and don't want to have fun. The Bible says laughter does the heart good like a medicine. And this this video cracks me up uh, uh, mostly because it's everything I heard my mother scream at me my whole life. It, it, it's the type of mothering that my mom did. And I, I was talking uh, to Elder Keon this morning about this video, and I know some people have seen it often. And I said, you know, I'm hesitant to keep playing the same thing every Mother's Day. Uh, but the reality is we live in a generation where mothers aren't mothering the same as they used to. See, if you got any years on you at all, you're going to know my mama said that to me, and I said that to my children. Now, if you got youth on your side, uh, you might not have ever even heard these things. You might not be saying these things to your kids, but let me tell you something. This is textbook Mom 101. Let, let, let's, let's roll that bean footage.
That's real momming right there. And some of y'all heard your mom say those things growing up, and I want you to know if you did, you're better for it. Amen. We, we, we all have mothers in God's eternal plan. He chose to bring us into this world born of a woman. And the Bible says this. Listen, we know this, but so often we know things that we don't do. One of the things that people say is that knowledge is what? Power. Knowledge can be power. Knowledge is not power unless the knowledge is applied properly. We know that the Bible tells us we should honor our mother and father, but that doesn't mean that we're always doing it. If you can't say amen, at least say ouch. Uh, we live in a time, we live in a culture where disrespect runs rampant. Where the, the way I hear kids talking to their parents today makes me duck because I'm just thinking, I know my mom is, is, is all, all the way in, in the panhandle of Florida right now, but she's got a pretty strong pimp hand. She might be able to reach from Lynn Haven uh, all the way to Jacksonville. And the way I see these kids talking to their parents today, it's just stunning. Some of y'all have heard me say it before, but I offer assistance where I go. I just do. I was at the DMV on Commonwealth in 295 one year, and this little terrorist was in there. This little white boy just terrorizing his mom. And I thought, oh, man, I'm going to have to say something. And I'm thinking in my mind, don't say something. You're going to go to prison. Uh, and I just couldn't take it. He was cursing her. He was dropping F-bombs on her. He slapped her. She tried grabbing him. He ran away. Listen, I'm going to tell you something. You couldn't run away from my mom. My mom beat us in a circle. Didn't she? My sister's just like that. My mom, hey. When my mom grabs you by the wrist, run as far as you can, but it's going to be in a circle because she ain't letting go. And from the top of my head to the bottom of my ankles, it was a whooping coming. And I see these terrorists treating their parents this way. I finally, I, I mean, I'm standing right behind her in an eternal line. Y'all know DMV, right? I'm standing there. The line ain't moving, but this kid is driving everybody in the room crazy. And I told the lady, I said, ma'am, you don't have to take this abuse from this child. And she said, well, what am I supposed to do? I said, well, I, tell you, I can tell you one thing you could do. I said, you could give me permission to take that little boy to the bathroom right now, and I'll beat the brakes off him. He'll never put his hands on you again. And she grabbed her. Now, finally, hey, it worked. This little sissy hung up behind mama's butt cheek. She took little, little Junior in and said, don't you dare threaten my child. I'm like, well, you just can't help some folk. Uh, listen, if you letting your, hey, don't let these terrorists run you over. And, and don't negotiate with them either. This lady said something I hear my mom say in my head all the time. I, I never had an explanation given to me in my life from my mother other than because I said so. Hey, it stuck with me. And you know what? You know what the explanation my kids get? Hey, if it was good back then, it's still good today. And and listen, we have not a, a generation have not raised their children that way, and it it, it it has not benefited them. If I have to hear one more parent in a grocery store explaining to a four-year-old why they shouldn't throw cans in the aisle. Uh, Y'all going to see me on the front page of every website in America. Baby, don't throw the can down. Why? Well, because it's not nice to throw the can. But why? Well, because people might get hurt when you throw the can. Why? Because if it hits them in the head, it might cut them. Why? Because when a kid, shut up! Snatch that child up! Put duct tape. Well, I can't say that out loud. <laughs> duct tape will be your friend. Let me hush and keep going. Some of that is exaggeration, but some of it is reality. Amen? Disrespect runs so rampant in this generation. I don't think it is by coincidence that we are living in a time of the greatest teenage suicide in the history of this country. Young children's lives are getting cut short. 
There's a promise in the Bible that says if you honor your mother and father, your days will be long. Guess what's going to happen to you if you don't honor your mother and father? That's just how it works. It, it cuts on both sides. But as Christians, we need to be shaping the world and not being shaped by the world. Here's a problem that has happened in churches across America. We've let the world come in and change us instead of us going out into the world and changing it. God has given us dominion in the earth. God has given us his spirit to go out and be salt and light. Everywhere we go as the blood-bought, Holy Ghost-filled church, we are supposed to brighten our world for Christ and flavor our world for Christ. We've let it go backwards we've let them infiltrate us listen it's time for you to infiltrate them can five people say amen we need to take our values we need to take our values from god from god's holy book and we need to raise up a standard in this earth because it's not coincidence that everything in this country celebrates what's opposite of god and vilifies what's for god you you, you want to know the the does anybody know off the top of their head the most successful fast food franchise in the world today? Does anybody know what that is? McDonald's is second. Chick-fil-A makes more than twice as much per franchise as the average McDonald's. And check this out. They do it in six days. Now, you can have your reasons why you don't eat good chicken. Listen. Hey, I, y'all need to, boy, I should have had that video. We're going to have to get that video. You know what I'm talking about, Elder Keon. That woman goes in on Chick-fil-A, doesn't she? She goes in on, that, that lady, look, Google uh, black woman, praise the Lord for Chick-fil-A. It's the greatest YouTube video you will ever see in your life. She's in there, and she's talking about how much she loves Chick-fil-A, and, and it must be some type of military training they put these people through because they're just so nice. They're just so friendly. She said, if they even messed up my order, I just believe it's meant to be that way, and I'd pay for it anyhow. I don't mind them swiping my – and she just goes on and on and on. Listen, go, go, hey, go wherever you want to go to eat. Huh. I, I walk up to people, my kids get tired of it because we eat out every day. Uh, we, don't, we don't keep food in the house. Um, it's just the three of us, uh, and so, you know, it's just easier to buy it. Uh, and then you don't have to wash the dishes afterwards. That's just personal. But it, it, it freaks my kids. It don't freak them out, but they just, they're like, Dad, come on. Because if I walk up to McDonald's, if I walk up to Arby's, if I walk up to Popeye's, if I walk up to Burger King, and they just stare at me smacking gum, And we've had some, have we had some long, awkward silences, son? We've had some long, awkward silences. And I've had people do me like, well. I'm th- and I tell them, well. I didn't know that was the opening line they trade you with. I was just waiting on you to say something like, welcome to Arby's. May I take your order? Well. <laughs> Listen, you won't get that at Chick-fil-A. You, 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 hey. They done took um, your welcome to a whole new level. They, they stopped saying you're welcome at Chick-fil-A. Uh, you, you, so you tell them thank you, they're going to let you know. It was my pleasure, sir. I'm like, well, ain't y'all militant? <laughs> Chick-fil-A, and I, listen, I, ain't, I, I didn't even intend to say this, but the reason why that company gets vilified in the news so hard, the reason why they bash it so hard, listen, that's true that Kathy died and went to heaven. They asked him before he died and went to heaven, did he believe in the biblical pattern of one man, one wife for life? Did he believe that, that God wanted a man to marry a woman? And he said yes. And they came out and have said every day since then, Chick-fil-A hates LGBTQF. Chick-fil-A, they, I can't wait till they add some new initials. I'm so proud of myself. I've I, I got all the initials in order, LGBTQF. I'm waiting on them to add three more initials just cause, so everybody can stay uh, on point with it. But Nowhere did they ever come out and say, we hate any class of people. He gave his own personal opinion, and you got people vilifying Chick-fil-A, boycotting Chick-fil-A. The airport in San Antonio just kicked Chick-fil-A out, said we can't have them in here because they're discriminatory. Listen, we walked through an airport, Baltimore last month, and, and one of my kids pointed out, 
even in an airport, closed on Sunday. This country hates biblical values. This, com- this country hates Christian values. Not everybody, but I want to tell you something. It's not popular to stand by the stuff anymore. It's not popular to stand on the book anymore. It's not popular to tell kids that you'd better. Listen, we've been poisoned in our country with some bad information. I'm telling y'all, stop telling your kids as long as you live in my house, you'll do what I say. My kids have never heard that from me. Stop telling kids as long uh, until you turn 18 years old, you're going to do what my, my kids have never heard that from me. My kids have heard God said to honor your mother and father all the days of you. As long as you're catching air on this planet, you're going to do what I say. Do five people still believe the Bible is worth reading? We got to learn how to take our values, no matter how unpopular they are, no matter how we get vilified for them. I've had people tell me, well, Pastor Scott, you're just old and stuck in the past. You're just a dinosaur. You know, times change and people change. I will remind you, yeah, times change. Yes, people change, but glory be to God. He said, I am the Lord God, I change not. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever, and he's not going to back up on what he said. So I want to ask you this morning, in your hearing, should Christians honor their mother and father? All right, amen. Let's make sure we can walk in agreement on this. We need to start having an impact on the world because we've allowed them to come in and shape our culture when God put us here to be the regulators of the environment. Now, honoring your mother and father, it's not just one of the Ten Commandments. The Scripture says it's the first commandment with a promise. Listen to Ephesians chapter 6, verse 1. Children, obey your parents because you belong to the Lord, for this is the right thing to do. This shouldn't need a lot of explanation, but I'm going to break it down for you anyway. I've been teaching you for years. When you read the Bible, always pay attention to what? Pay attention to the punctuation. You got, you got to look for the grammar. It'll, it'll help you digest this into small bite-sized pieces where you can get it down on the inside. Children, who, who is God talking to in, 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 in this verse? Children, uh, did it give an age or did it give, anybody in here still a child of their mother? If mom's gone on to heaven, you're still your mother's child. It doesn't matter if you're 770 or 177. The, the, if you, all of us are still children to our parents. See, don't, don't you wish your little teenager understood that? They're looking at you. Stop treating me like I'm a child. I'm 13. <laughs> if they're telling you that, let me buy you lunch one day. I'll give you five tips on how to properly parent children. They won't tell you that no more. This verse is for everyone who was ever a child, so this verse is for us. Say us. Obey your parents because you belong to the Lord. Come. Okay, that's cause for Paul. Stop and think about it. I've had people tell me, well, I don't have to obey my parents because they ain't even saved. It didn't say because your parents belong to the Lord. Read it, read it again. Let's, let's get clear understanding on the Bible. Obey your parents because you belong to the Lord. So let me ask you this, church person. Let me ask you this, Christian person. If you're saved and your parents aren't saved, should you still honor them? Should you still obey them? Listen, my, I have several human beings in this life that have authority over me, and my mother is at the top of that list. I'm commanded by God to obey my mother. I'm 55, coming on 56 years old, uh, been living by myself for a long time, moved out of my mom's house at a reasonable age, joined the United States Army, and been taking care of me with God's help. But as long as my mother's still alive, she still gets to tell me what to do. Because I belong to the Lord. Now, thankfully, my mom belongs to the Lord, too. But don't fall into this trap. My mom ain't that. My, I'm, I'm wiser than my mother, so I don't have to. Listen, you probably ain't. But even if you think you are, if you think you're more saved than she is, that's not what the Scripture says. The Scripture says that you should obey your parents because you belong 
to the Lord. It doesn't say until you turn 18. It doesn't say until you turn 30. It doesn't say until you think you're smarter than them. It says obey your parents because you belong to the Lord. If you claim to be a Christian, you are under a mandate from God's holy word to obey your parents. Anybody believe that? And then it goes on to say in the last phrase between the comma and the period, for this is the right thing to do. I don't get my theology from fairy tales, nursery rhymes, songs, unsaved people. But sometimes some people say some stuff that sticks with me. Spike said something one time that stuck with me because it sounded like a mixture of what I'd heard in the Bible and what I'd heard my mother say. Anybody remember what Spike said? Just do the right thing. We need to do the right thing. Not because Spike said it, not because mom said it, but because God said this is the right thing to do. Everybody's looking for some new information. Everybody's looking for some cutting-edge theology. Everybody's looking for a new twist on church. There is nothing new that is true. The Scripture says what is, has been, and will be. This is the Word of the Lord. We've got to honor our parents if you belong to the Lord because God said it's the right thing to do. Verse 2 says, honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise now we talk a lot about biblical principles at abundant life because we're a bible teaching church we only have one text we only have one book we we only believe that god has inspired this book specifically to teach us about him and life and instruction for life and we look at different biblical principles we study hermeneutics the art and science of properly interpreting scripture and we've talked before about the law of listening or the law of priority listening when something is first in a list it has priority say priority if you look at the list of the 12 apostles in the four gospels you will find out that the first four names are always the first four names and the last four names are always the last four names the four in the middle they get jumbled up from time to time but there's a first four there's a priority listening there are things that take priority in the earth and in the kingdom it's the same way we see on the back of our food you pick up a bag of jelly beans i ain't talking about gourmet jelly beans because that tastes like vomit you don't have to agree with me you can be wrong real jelly beans are are, are big and there's only about six colors, and you don't have to read the label to find out if that's peach, mango, coffee, iced tea, lemonade. Those flavors don't go together, I promise you. Take you a handful of them gourmet jelly beans. Just throw them all in your mouth at one time. See how fast you want to spit that. I'm talking about real jelly beans, all right? Where you take a bag, uh, probably fake jelly beans too, but if you look on the back on the ingredient list, anybody have any idea what's going to be listed first? Why sugar? Because that's the dominant ingredient in it. They follow the law of listing. They, they put priority on what is listed first. Some of y'all paying expensive prices for cleaning agents. You know what's listed first on every real cleaning agent ever produced, mass produced in America? Water. Because that's the pro- predominant thing. It's a, there's a priority to that. God put a priority and said this is the first commandment with a promise does anybody believe God's serious about this in verse 3 he said if I love the word if in the Bible I love the word if in the Bible because I look for and I've told you for years look for the word if because promises are typically attached to conditions there are some universal promises there are some unconditional promises but most promises in the Bible are conditional promises they're if and then promises if you do this then something is going to happen Verse 3 says, if you honor your father and mother, things will go well for you and you will have a long life on the earth. If things aren't going well for you right now, I want you to start checking about how you're treating mom and dad. And I want you to make sure that you are not being the kink in your own hose of blessing by not doing what the word says. He said, if, if you honor your father and mother, things will go well for you. So we got to think, say think. You got you to understand. The Bible says to get understanding, to get wisdom. You, you got to read this with wisdom and you got to know some things. He said, if you honor your mother and father, things will go well for you. So let's just look at the inverse principle. 
Let's just flip it on its head and see what it says uh, co coming from back to front because it's all got to line up. The Bible says you got to rightly divide the word of truth. This thing fits together like a jigsaw puzzle. Uh, if, if this piece fits that piece, then that piece fits this piece. It's just how things work. So he said, if you honor your father and mother, things will go well for you. Do we believe that? All right, well, let me ask you this. Based on this one scripture that we're looking at right now, if I say, if you don't honor your father and mother, what would be a reasonable understanding for you to make from this verse? If you don't honor your father and mother, things will go, they will not go well for you. They will go poorly for you. They will go bad for you. You'd be tore up from the floor up, all messed up, sitting in my office saying, Pastor God, I just don't know why. I just don't know why my life is a wreck. Uh, well, we might start here. First commandment with a promise, how you treating mom, how you treating dad. This is just Bible 101, and it's not just a good life. It's not just a long life. The Bible promises a good long life for those who obey him. I, I told you in the beginning of this message that women, that mothers in, in specific and women in general are significant in God's kingdom. A lot of churches downplay that. I know a lot of churches that, that, that don't let women do any ministry. I know a lot of church pastors that would have been freaked out when Alyssa came up here and grabbed a microphone and stood behind the holy desk and, and read in the presence. Uh, and they take verses and twist them, says that women should remain silent in churches and, and, and that I suffer not a woman to teach. And they, they take these uh, verses out of context and they take them out of cultural uh, boundaries that were being specifically talked about in the scripture and they have discriminated against women in ministry. I want you to hear me well. Uh, God doesn't discriminate against women in ministry and neither do we. The Bible says in the last days God will pour his spirit out on all flesh and your sons and daughters will prophesy and they would do great things for the Lord. Listen to me, daughters of God. There is a ministry for you and you need to get with it. You, you need to step forth into your calling and you need to begin to be the woman that God puts you on this planet to be. Stop waiting until you get all your ducks in a row. The Bible says if you wait for perfect conditions, you'll never plant your seed. You, there'll always be a reason why not to. Well, I ain't all the way perfect yet. I can't, I can't step into ministry. Nobody's all the way perfect yet but Jesus. Anybody who tries to convince you of anything different, uh, you need to hold tightly to your checkbook because they're just trying to get your money. Uh, don't, stop saying, well, once this happens, stop procrastinating, ladies, on the ministry that God has put you in this earth to do. God's not finished with you. He took you to heaven already. You're never too young. You're never too old. You're never not ready. If you love the Lord, God wants to use you. I wish five people agreed with me this morning, but we, we need to get involved in what God has for us. Ladies, you are unique. You are special, and God has put you on this earth for his purpose. Uh, listen, God could have chose to bring Jesus into the world in a million different ways. He could have just boomed him right down on the earth as a grown man, couldn't he? He, he could have just, he could have set a heavenly crown on his head and a heavenly robe. He could have came into this earth glowing and floating. He could have came to this planet with, 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 with how he's going to look in the book of Revelation with a sword coming out of his mouth, with words written down his thigh and on his vestment, and everybody could have known, wow. But that's not how God chose to bring himself through his son because Jesus, the Bible says, is the physical, visible image of the invisible God. God chose to manifest himself on this planet through a baby born of a what? Woman, God brings Jesus into this earth. He chose to bring a woman uh, to bring Jesus into this earth. The first thing I want you to hear this morning and think about with me, Jesus had a mom, listen, and he loved her. You want to be a Christian? You want to call yourself saved? You want to call yourself a follower of Jesus Christ? The word Christian means imitator of Christ. Uh, a disciple is someone who follows the disciplines of and teaching and lifestyle of another. We've got to learn about Jesus. Listen, it's not enough to wear your WWJD bracelet. It's not enough to wonder what would Jesus do. God has called us to know what he did. 
Because if you know what he did, you'll know what he's going to do. Now you got the answer to your bracelet. I ain't mad about your bracelet. Wear it as an evangelism tool. But you better know what he did. How can you know what he would do unless you know what he did? Well, one thing we know for sure. Jesus had a mother and he loved her. Now, if you desire to be like Christ, you're already halfway there in this, in this realm. You're already halfway there. You're already like Jesus. You already had a mother. But he loved his mom. You see where I'm going with this? You got to love your mom if you want to call yourself a follower of Jesus Christ. I've been a self-professed mama's boy my whole life. I grew up without a dad. I grew up with, without a father figure in my life. I had coaches. I had mentors. Um, but I didn't have a father in the home. My, my mother was my everything growing up. And I want to tell you this. There's areas where I fail. There's areas where I fall short. There's areas where I've told you all before. Uh, I'm in my process just like you're in your process. But one thing I can say I, I get Christianity right about. I get following Jesus right about. Uh, Jesus had a mom and he loved her. I check and check. I hope you can check those off yourself today. You had a mom, check. Do you really love her? Well, get right with God. It, hey, if it's true, it's true. Amen. And it, it is the word of the Lord. I think about it this way. I believe this. The first set of eyes that Jesus probably saw, if it wasn't the first set, it was one of the first sets of eyes, was whose? His mom. Just like you. Just like you. One of the first set of eyes you saw, and one of the first set of eyes that saw you was his mom. Think, think about it this. Mom, you know this, especially on first children. Listen, second children. I, hey, I feel your pain. I'm a second child myself. You know there's more pictures of the first baby than the second baby. I don't know about you families that got six kids. Y'all out of film. Boy, I love that commercial. You got that commercial? Got that good-looking African-American couple? They bring home that first baby. They're being real careful. They're bath bathing the baby in the sink. The woman's telling the man, be careful. Yeah, I got. And then by the time the second baby comes on, man's in the shower. Throw that baby in the shower with that man. He'll get a clean some kind of way. Uh, listen, hey. I'm a second child myself. I feel your pain. But Jesus was the first child. So I want you to remember, Mom, think about when that, baby, when, when that first baby had first steps. Oh, you chronicled everything. First bath. I got a video of Jake's first bath. I think Seth had a bath. I got Jake on video in the sink. Little tiny trailer we were living in, bathing that boy in the Freaked out, making sure we didn't drown him in the sink. Oh, listen, man, by the time they get old enough, run the tub full. Throw all of them in there. They'll figure out how to get clean. But think about Jesus. The person who saw his first steps were more than likely his mother. First words he took. First person to hear him quote scripture. First person he preached to. First person that saw so much in his life were his mother's. I and I believe that before he died on the cross, I know for sure, one of the last sets of eyes, if not the very last eyes he looked into before he surrendered his spirit to his father was, was his mother's. Listen to what the Bible says at, at the end of the uh, physical life of Jesus on this earth. In John 19, 25, the scripture says, Standing near the cross were Jesus' mother and his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. Now, we already talked about the law of priority listing. Who's the first person that mentioned being at the cross with Jesus? This is important. This is noteworthy. This is somebody who stayed by Jesus his whole life. Listen, I'm going to tell you something. If you treat your mother right, you have a very good chance that she'll stay by you your whole lifetime too because I've seen this, I've seen this movie lived out through 30-plus years of ministry. There is very few things that can compare with the love that a mother has for her children. I'm going to tell you about men. We'll cut you off. <laughs> cut you off. Hey, listen. Mom, she don't care. That's her baby. 40 years old, still don't have a job. We got to help him. I'll help him. I'll give him a bus ticket to the other side of the country. They got big welfare programs in California. Uh, mom's a 30-year-old child on crack. Stealing every TV in the house. Dad's like, that boy better never come in my house again. But he's our child. That's a grown man. He'd get his own TV. Steal my TV one more time. I'm putting him in prison. 
Not mom. Listen, mom has a special heart. Anybody know I'm telling the truth? Mom has a special heart for her child. And here, when all these brave men who pledged life and death for Jesus, none of them but John even showed up at the cross. They were all hiding like cowards, but not mom. Mom was right there. Not auntie. Auntie was right there. Not, not, not Mary Magdalene, somebody who really got saved and delivered. She was right there in verse 26. The scripture said, when Jesus saw his mother standing beside the disciple he loved, he said to her, dear woman, here is your son. Now, if you haven't heard before, if you haven't studied this out, there were legal ways to make binding contracts back then where people's word really meant something. Don't, don't count on that in 2019. Don't count on a handshake and a verbal. Listen, get, 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 a, get, get a real contract. But back then, uh, when people said stuff, they could say it in a, in a way that was a legally binding contract. And this is an execution of a legally binding contract because Jesus is looking out and he's seeing the people that meant most to him in life. The apostle John was closer to Jesus than any other human being, man, that lived. He was the one that stayed by Jesus' side. It's not coincidence that the only apostle that didn't die a horrific, uh, very brutal death was John. John died of old age. Uh, John died uh, old, old, older in life. All the rest of them died early, but John was super close to the Lord, and he was there, and Jesus said, Dear woman, here is your son. In verse 27, he said to his disciple, Here is your mother. And from then on, the disciple took her into his home. Think about this. Jesus had at least four brothers and two sisters that we know of by name in the Scripture. Jesus had living siblings on the planet, uh, but he was not trusting mom to none of them. He was trusting the woman that meant the most to him to the man that meant the most to him. He performed a legal contract as the oldest son. He had the responsibility legally to take care of his mother in that culture, and he had the ability to contract her over if he chose to. And I want you to know his concern was so great for her, he wasn't leaving mom in the hands of his unbelieving siblings because even at that time, uh, none of them had come to faith in him. His, his half-brother James eventually ends up running the whole church in Jerusalem, but that was after the fact. His mother was so important to him, Picture this, here's Jesus dying in his last moments on earth, bleeding. The Bible says that his, the flesh had been ripped away from his skin. He had been beaten so severely that his bowels hung lower than his groin, and his upper flesh was ripped away from him, and his groin was covered by guts hanging out. The Bible says he was beaten so badly it was impossible to distinguish whether he was a man or a woman hanging on the cross. Here he is beaten so severely, dying in his last moments, but his love for his mother was so great that he wanted to make sure that there was somebody on the planet that he could trust to take care of mom. What am I saying? He wasn't thinking about putting mom in an old folks' home. Now listen, I understand if, 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 if the medical condition is such that you can't care for it, if the medical condition creates better, uh, then, then there, there are times for that, and thank God. Uh, for assisted living facilities that matter. But I'm going to tell you what, God ain't called nobody to put mom into some nursing home that smells like piss and death where nobody's caring for her and ain't nobody looking in on her. Can I say that in church? I already said it, so it is what it is. Man, when I first, when I first uh, accepted the call to preach, I, I did a lot of nursing home. And I'm going to tell you what, uh, nursing home, you can't, they don't even let you call them old folks home anymore. I still do. It's old people in there. Uh, it is what it is. But... They've come a long way. Man, I'm going to tell you what. These places in the, in the 80s, they literally, they, 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 they were just barns for, for neglected people, screaming in chairs, being left alone. Listen, I don't believe that that's God's plan for his children. Uh, I, I'm going to tell you this, and, and we're going to get out of here. Mom, hey, our parents changed our diapers when we were little. They took care of us when we couldn't take care of ourselves. The scripture says you reap what you sow. If you call yourself a Christian, you have a responsibility to take care of your mom and your father. If you got to change their diapers, change their diapers. If you got to feed them with a spoon, uh, feed them with a spoon. If they mess up your house and your sheets, then they just mess up your house and your sheets. Because you know what? We did that and more to all our parents. And God wants us to love our parents to the very end.
I believe it's our job to take care. They, they took care of us uh, from the cradle, and we got to take care of them to the grave. Uh, the, the next thing uh, I want you to, to think about this morning is you can't be right with God and wrong with mom. I don't believe it. You can disagree with me if you want to. I already told you, you you're welcome to be wrong. I've, I've got the scripture. You've got an opinion. Exodus 20, 12 says, honor your father and mother, period. Remember I said pay attention to the punctuation? This one makes it easy for you. Ain't no commas, ain't no colons, ain't no semicolons, uh, ain't no hyphens in this sentence. Honor your father and mother, period. That's just point blank. That's done. Then you will live a long, live a long life, full, a long, full life in the land the Lord your God has given you. 1 John 3.22 says it this way. And we receive whatever we request because we obey him and do the things that please him. Don't you think disobedience is hindering your lifestyle? Don't you understand scripturally? The Bible's just, we just read it. Uh, we, we, we're going to receive what we asked for because we obey him and do the things that please him. What did he say the first commandment we promise was? To honor your mother and father. Listen to me. Young people, middle-aged people, old people, love your mom. Treat her right. None of us were perfect parents. Why are, you holding your, why are you holding your parent to a standard that none of us have ever lived up to? Well, my mom made a lot of mistakes. Listen, so did you. Can we be that honest? You don't have to be, but you better get there. Uh, listen, it, it's not about being a perfect parent because there are no perfect parents in the world, but that's the woman God chose to bring you into this world, and, and you ought to treat her like a queen. If your mom is still alive, I hope that today you will call her on the phone. I hope that you will text her. I hope you will share uh, with her a moment of letting her know that you love her. Listen, you've got an opportunity some people in this room don't have. Some people lost mom. Some people mom's gone on to heaven. Man, I, I, I'm celebrating every year of life that I still have with my mother. My children don't have that blessing. My wife died 13 years ago this summer. Uh, my children were two and four years old. They, they haven't had a mom to celebrate Mother's Day with, and that creates a hard time for us every year. You know holidays are harder on people uh, than, than you might consider? Christmas. Christmas is a great time of rejoicing, a great time of celebration. Mother's Day, a great time of rejoicing, a great time of celebration. Anniversaries, all these different things. Listen, they can be a great time of rejoicing, but they can also be a great time of difficulty. Somebody's going through their first year without mom this year. Somebody's going through their second year without mom this year. Don't take your mother for granted because there, there are many people that, that have lost mom already, and they don't have mom around. Don't take the love of the one person. Uh, listen, even if she finally gave up on you, I'm going to give you a news flash. If your mother gave up on you, you probably deserved it. Who are you to tell me that? Well, my name is Scott Becker, and I live at 1094 Green Pine Circle. And I'm telling you what I know. Biggest wake-up call I ever got, third time I went to jail. They called my mom to come get me. St. John, St. Augustine called my mom to come get me. She said, tell that boy I meant what I said. She told me, I ain't coming to get you out of jail no more, son. You better straighten up and fly right. This big old donut-eating cop, and literally, this is it's just textbook. I ain't mad at all y'all cops over here on my right. Uh, this was legit. This big old fat dude had a donut in his hand and glaze on his chest when he looked at me and he said, you must be a special kind of worthless. He said, your mama won't even come get you. We're going to release you on your own recognizance. I guess you're walking back to Jacksonville. And I thought, oh, God. Wow, uh, gave me a special feeling for cops. Pray God to deliver me from that before I die. <laughs> Listen, if your mom gave up on you, she probably was trying to help you, or you probably had done so much you finally just broke her spirit. But if your mom is alive, I want you to call her today, and I want you to tell her that you love her because everybody don't have that great opportunity, and this day uh, is, is very difficult for those of us who have to deal with loss in this day. And so you need to, you need to celebrate everything that God gives you an opportunity to celebrate. But this generation, man, uh, this generation is crazy. When I hear these rappers, I hear these athletes, they get up there, and, and, and they, they want, and you know how they live? 
especially some of them because they, they, they make their whole cred on how hard they are and on how gangster they are and on how many people they really killed. Y'all, y'all remember what Snoop Doggy Dog said? Uh, 187 skills. Ask a cop what a 187 is, and they will let you know this brother will shoot you. This brother was about shooting people. And they make their whole cred on how hard and horrible and deficient their values are. But every time they get a microphone and an award put in their hand, first and foremost, I want to give big ups to the man upstairs. Listen, if you say that without ducking, you don't understand how holy God is. God is not the boss upstairs. He ain't the big man. He, he, ain't, he ain't that one up there. Uh, God is righteous and he's holy. And, and then, but then they all want to say this. And, and I, 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 I just want to give thanks for my moms. Listen, that is not a plural word. Get the S off the end of that word. Moms is my life. How many you got? Moms is my life. Uh, just a little help right there. That's just a little grammar help. But I hear all this, and the, the thing I start thinking is, well, how'd you feel about it when she told you stop hanging around Ray Ray Pookie and them? And tell me what to do, woman. Put your mother through hell your whole lifetime and then want to act like you're respecting her because you went in a trophy. Listen, we need to do better. Look at somebody and say, do better. Last thing I want you to understand, uh, especially ladies, I want you to think about this. It's not what you have on the outside that matters. It's what you have on the inside. Our opening verse teaches us that real beauty is on the inside. Now, let me preface that. Let me throw an addendum on that. Let, let, me just, let me just coach that up a little bit. Some people have asked preachers. I don't know why people want to ask preachers. They ain't got the answer for everything. If it ain't in the book, we're we just as clueless as we want to be. But I've had people ask me, well, Pastor Scott, do you feel like it's wrong for women? Do you think it's a sin for women to wear makeup? I'll just be honest with you. I think it's a sin for some of them not to. Tell you what the preacher told me. Even the old barn looked good with a fresh coat of paint on it. Listen, you got to do what you got to do. But real beauty, and you'll learn this if you get some years on you. Stick around. Keep living. You will learn this real beauty, valuable beauty, is on the inside. Some of y'all, y'all, y'all trying to get out there. I know you young dudes out there. Y'all trying to get out there and get you that smoking hot wife. Uh, let, let me tell you what, some of, some of y'all ladies, y'all out there, y'all trying to get Mr. Mr. Perfect out there. Listen, there, there, there's furniture diseases that take place with age. For men and women. Men and women get the same furniture disease. You ain't heard about the furniture disease? Uh, some, some of y'all might have to look up what a, uh, what a, a tall piece of furniture with a lot of drawers in it. Anybody know what that's called? Chester drawers. Now, the furniture disease is going to hit everybody, male and female, in old age, because that chest is going to drop down to your drawers. <laughs> smoking hot, don't stay smoking hot. I don't care. Listen, spend all that money you want to, get every plastic surgery, go on ahead, let them fill your face up with rat poison, do everything you got to do. But eventually, takes place. Man, I've shown my kids some of my yearbook. I've shown my kids some, some pictures of people I went to school with, and I show them to them now, and they're like, that can't be them. Hey, 1981, we're we about, you know, we've 38 years on, on reunion. Listen, gravity, old age. You better, hey, listen, ain't nothing wrong with good looking, though. You can fall in good love with good looking as you can with ugly. But just understand, they're all going to get old. That's the only option, get, get old or die. And they better have some beauty on the inside, say inside. Our society puts so much pressure on women to look a certain way. I thank God every day for being a man. I really, I rejoice in manhood. I tell my children, uh, rejoice in your manhood. Thank God, God made you the apex predator. He put you on the top of the food chain. Uh, he, 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 he gave you a lot of responsibility, but he gave you a lot of blessing. Let me tell you, men, one blessing we can have, we ain't got to be good looking to pull a hot chick. Go ahead and say amen, Jeff. You, you, I mean, that's, that's just, just, just call it how it is. Uh, listen, you know why? Because women are smart enough to know that you're going to get ugly and they're going to get a good man with something on the inside. Now, if they can get you that way both ways, if you can look good. But listen, you will see a lot of gorgeous women walking around with some short, fat, bald-headed, ugly men. 
He got both hands up. I ain't even got to point him out. But you ain't about to see Mr. Six Foot Two, 220 pounds of twisted steel and sex appeal, ripped up, ab, gorgeous, flowing hair with some short, fat, ugly chick. Ain't I right? Why? Because women are smarter than men, and they know it's what's on the inside that counts. Listen, listen, we, we, we got to understand uh, the, the, the world puts a lot of pressure on women to look a certain way. Listen, rejoice in how you look. Own it. I'm tired of people asking me about going on a diet. I'm going to tell you all again, I ain't going on a diet. I made peace with all my fat. Keep me warm at night. It's about what's on the inside. Own what you are, but society has put this pressure on women. We got a generation after generation of women growing up feeling deficient, feeling less than, wishing that they looked like the woman on the magazine, looking like they look like, wishing they looked like the woman on the billboard. Let me tell you something. The woman on the billboard don't look like the woman on the billboard. Cut and paste. Well, they, they go beyond cut and paste. I've got a, it's only one minute. I've got a one-minute video that I want to play, play for you because I want every lady in the room to understand, and I want every man in the room to understand. Them chicks you see on them sites you shouldn't be on and them pictures you shouldn't be looking at, them women don't look no, no better than what, than what you probably got in your own home. Why? Because they do a lot to them. Check this one minute, 60 seconds. Watch this with me. Ladies, I want you to see this. Any woman that ever felt like she wasn't perfectly beautiful, look at how ugly this chick is. I have my opinion. This is a model, okay? This is a high-paid model. I wouldn't talk to her at the kangaroo. Well, now she's working into something. Oh, well, now everybody's talking to her at the kangaroo. Oh, wow. Changed her neck. Sloped it down. They fixed these bad eyes. Well, now she's billboard ready. She can't even get in the kangaroo. Do you think, I wish that, that clip played a side-by-side. Side. Do you think that that girl, stringy-haired girl, whose nose was out of shape, whose eyes were out of shape, whose neck wasn't the shape they wanted to, do you think she looked really very much anything like the chick on that billboard? Why do you think you have to look like the girl on the billboard when the girl on the billboard don't look like the girl on the billboard? Rejoice in the features and the beauty that God has given you. And understand, the Bible says we're accepted in the beloved. Our opening verse, and I'm done, says charm is deceptive and beauty does not last. Now, this generation of baby boomers, man, we just refuse to grow old, I mean, and, and just fade out. I mean, they've invented everything. They ab implants, cheek implants, butt implants. You got white people going to tanning beds. You got black people putting on fade cream. It's just like every, everybody's looking for, uh, got to get your lips swole up. Kids got teased for having big lips in school. Now people getting their lips swole up and paying money for it. What, what is wrong? They are chasing something that doesn't really exist. It's a deception. Be beautiful in who you are. And understand that your value doesn't come from what the world says looks good. Your value comes from somewhere else. Last verse of Scripture I'm going to read to you. 1 Peter 3, 4 says you should be known for the beauty that comes from within. The unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit which is so precious to God. You should be known for the beauty that comes from within. Because it don't matter how gorgeous somebody is. If they just stink, then they just stink. All that outside beauty in the world, and I'm not talking about odorous. I'm talking, y'all, some of y'all ain't going to get it. Ask somebody. Women, let me say this. Concentrate on being beautiful on the inside. Concentrate on having a beautiful spirit. The scripture says it's precious to God. Now, we're not going to give flowers uh, to all the moms. Uh, there's no prize for the mother with the most kids. Um, I grew up in a church like that. They give a prize every year to the oldest mother in the room. Miss Hattie Mae was going to win that. Ain't nobody catching her. 
That contest just meant, you know, we hope Miss Hattie may die this year so somebody else can be recognized. 107 years old. Now you got to wait nine minutes for her to get up to the front, get her flowers. Somebody going to have to carry them for her. Now we're not going to put Miss Hattie May through that. Uh, we're not going to give, you know, the, the, the prize for the or flowers out to the woman with the most kids. Ain't nobody catching Sister Jones. She got 11 children. What you, how, what you, how you gonna catch up on her? We hoping this Sister Jones' children all die in a car wreck so somebody else can win. We're not wishing evil on Sister Jones like that. We had to stop as as church community giving flowers away to the youngest mother because uh, it just don't look good to be 13 years old and getting celebrated in church. At, you know, so that 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 all went out the window. We're not gonna do those things, but I do want to do something for all the women in the room. Listen, because I understand there's women in the room. That, that would want to be mom and haven't been a mom yet. Uh, one of the greatest heart, heartaches I ever witnessed in Gail, uh, and, and it was a bigger heartache for her than even dying, I believe. Um, for years, we were together, and doctors told her she couldn't have children. And we tried artificial insemination. We tried in vitro fertilization. We finally gave up on it. And we were, we were couples pastors in a large church. And every Sunday, we, we would meet with about 300 people married couples and in a crowd that big there was always somebody having a baby and they, they want to testify oh we're pregnant and I'm like stop saying that dudes y'all ain't pregnant she's pregnant uh, but you know do you that's just my thing uh, and everybody would celebrate and be so happy for the couple they were having a baby and, and, and Gail would hug their neck and celebrate with them and come home and cry she wanted to be a mom more than anything in the world that's all she ever wanted to be other than say was a wife and a mother. And the doctors told her that that wasn't going to happen for her. Uh, but she would celebrate with people. But it was a pain that she wore so deeply that it cut me uh, because she was my wife. And, and you, you, you hate to see those hurting that you care about. And I know there are other women that want to be a mom. And it hasn't happened for you yet. And it may not happen for you. I want, I want to tell you this. That doesn't make you any less of a woman. Uh, God created you the way he created you. And, and one of the things I love about church is we get to extend our family. And that's the thing that Gail and I just decided, look, you know, so I'm never going to be a dad. I mean, I, I didn't have kids. Our kids came along late in life after doctors told us that they never would. Um, I, I was 38 years old when I had my first son. I was 40 when I had my second son. And I ain't having no more. Hallelujah. Um, but we realized then as as a younger couple uh, maybe we won't have our own kids but we can be parental figures for our church family we i love about church you get extended family and listen you you can be a mother figure my children have many uh they they don't have their mom to to hug, hug them and tuck them into bed but they have many women who have who have provided motherly roles for them and i thank god for the church uh, Dad, dad's the same way. We get an opportunity to be role models and to be uh, to be support systems inside our family in Christ. And you you might be here today, uh, not feeling like you can celebrate Mother's Day. I want you to know you don't have to have biological children to be a mother to somebody. You can be a mother to somebody in the faith. And so here's what here's what I want to do. And, and and this is only for those willing, but I hope that you'd be willing to. Because I believe in prayer. Anybody believe in prayer? We're not going to give you flowers. Uh, we, 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 uh, we have a gift. We're, we pass those out at the welcome station. Ladies, if you can get your gift, get, get your gift on the way out. Uh, we got a gift for every woman to, to celebrate you today. But what I'd like to do in closing today is I would just like for us as a church, us as a family of believers. The Bible says we're all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. Uh, I want us to pray for women. Uh, because without women, we wouldn't be here. Without women, Jesus wouldn't be here. So women are important. So if you're physically able, I, I would like to ask every woman in the room to stand, every woman, every young woman in the room to stand. Uh, before we get out of here, we're, we're going to pray for you. Uh, you, don't, you don't just go ahead, ladies. We want to pray for every woman in the room. We want you to stand. Uh, listen. You are special. And you are loved by God. God said you are accepted in his family. And I want you to find your meaning as a woman in being a woman of God. I want you to find your meaning as a woman 
in using the uniqueness that God has given you to serve and to honor Him all the days of your life. I want to ask everybody in the church who's not standing, as, as I pray uh, for these wonderful ladies who have chosen to be with us on Mother's Day, I want you to join me in praying for them. Let's pray together. God, we thank you for your love. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for your goodness, God. I thank you for each woman who is in this place today. Father, and I pray right now your divine blessing over every woman in this room. God, I pray that you'd pour out new mercy, new grace, fresh anointing, God. I pray that you would heal hurts, God. I pray that you would deliver them from past pains and aggressions, Father. And I pray that you would infuse them with hope and with joy and thanksgiving, God. I pray that you would bless them, give them wisdom, God. Give them platforms to use their uniqueness and their creativity for your glory. God, I pray that you would bless these mothers today. I pray for every woman in this room, God, that she would leave this place better than she was when she came in, God. I thank you for women, God. I thank you for mothers, Lord. I thank you for the uniqueness that you've created in the woman. And we give you praise today for those who are here standing. We love you and we honor you and we thank you for these women in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to the AOCF Sound Doctrine Podcast and visit us on the web at AOCFnow.org. Your financial support for this ministry allows us to share the gospel around the world. Your support is greatly appreciated. If you would like to give a donation, please go to AOCFnow.org. Abundant Life Christian Fellowship Church. Loving God, loving people.